This is an RNZ podcast. National says we must be more forward-thinking about transport. Its new $24 billion roading election proposal promises four-lane highways between Tauranga and Whangarei, a $5 billion public transport plan in Auckland, but scrapping light rail to the airport. It wants to dump Let's Get Wellington moving and fast-track the capital's second Mount Vic tunnel. That was News Talk ZB on Monday, the day the National Party announced its transport policy, largely a reboot of its former Roads of National Significance plan from the past. But leader Christopher Luxon went all the way back to the 1960s for inspiration when he was questioned on the timetable. Are you confident that you can really hit Absolutely. the road running that quickly? Absolutely. That's why I put it to you. You know, John F. Kennedy said, let's go to the moon, and people landed on the moon in nine and a half years. And we have a habit here in New Zealand of spending 25 years talking about things and not actually getting things done. However, Christopher Luxon also insisted this was a transport plan for the future. Leader Chris Luxon says things have to change. We cannot continue to run the country like it's 1975. We need to think about a country we want for 2050 and beyond. Though critics of his plan pointed out that planning the future around cars and roads and trucks like this was really giving 1975 thinking yet more roadway. And by 2050, we've committed to be carbon neutral by law. And this plan could only boost the fastest rising source of carbon emissions over the past 20 years. More on that aspect in a minute. But it was bickering about the funding and financing of the big new roads plan that was the media's main concern after the announcement last Monday. Transport Minister David Parker says the roading proposal is short by billions of dollars. They've also got form in this area, as we know, when they were last in government, they uh, funded some shiny highways, but uh, they did it by not funding maintenance, uh, and we're still bearing the consequences of that. But in fact, even before that policy was unveiled, TVNZ's political editor Jessica Much Mackay was telling viewers this last Sunday. One News has obtained official figures that show these cost estimates are too low. For example, National says that Walkworth to Wellsford will cost $2.2 billion, but officials say it could cost up to $4 billion. And viewers wondering where those official figures might have come from could put two and two together later in her report. In a statement, the Transport Minister says these numbers are breathtakingly misleading from the National Party, saying the numbers are old and woefully light, and labels this plan laughable. Well, the next day on News Talk ZB's Mike Hosking Breakfast, sponsored incidentally by a retro racing car from 1988. The Mike Hosking Breakfast with the Jaguar F-Pace SVR 1988 edition. Christopher Luxon began by reciting his vision for Wellington. Imagine going from Wellington Airport through a second tunnel, uh, which gives four-lane capacity through there. But he then came unstuck when Mike Hosking followed up by asking... What's the cost in the time frame on Mount Vic? Uh, well, the cost on that one is... Uh, I haven't got that right before me, but I've got that in detail. But it's, um, we've got... Uh, I Mike, I've got that detail. Right in front of me. Uh, Mount Vic is... It's about $2.2 billion, um, and we want to get going with that pretty quickly. And I'm sorry, I've got all these details, about 30 projects in front of me. Well, it was awkward, but just a live radio flub, so no big deal. Well, it certainly was to the Herald's deputy political editor, Thomas Coughlin, who called it a low point in National's day and the most excruciating 20 seconds of Christopher Luxon's life. Though John Key had plenty of on-air brain fades when he was Prime Minister, and he got elected three times. Now, on Monday, David Parker, for Labour, told the media there was a $2.8 billion hole in the National Party's plan, and on News Hub at 6 on Monday, the host Mike McRoberts asked Lloyd Burr for a verdict. 
The figures that they used in their costings actually came from David Parker's office in a parliamentary written question from three weeks ago, and they're right. I've had a look at it, uh, and that's the information that they got from David Parker. But looking at it, it's actually uh, from 2021. So the figure they got was from 2021. David Parker came out today and said, well, actually, I've gone to Wakakotahi and we've revised it up. It's no longer $721 million, like I told you three weeks ago. It could be as high as $2 billion, so a significant increase there, more than doubling of the cost that he sent them. Uh, a lot of squabbling today over the battle of the billions. And what stuff called the battle of the budget holes was already well underway. In the last two elections, Labour used claims and counterclaims about fiscal holes and policies to damage the opposition's credibility. And on Wednesday, the editorial in The Herald said this. All of this is great sport, of course, if one enjoys the political equivalent of tennis, serve and volley, backhand and spin return. Though most ordinary people, motorists or not, would probably enjoy that a lot less than political journalists. The Herald also said in that editorial that, in the end, the debate over figures is a bridge to nowhere, because... Arguing over decimal points months or even years before the first shovel hits the ground is merely hollow dialogue that inevitably slips into a sinkhole of its own making. And the Herald added that for the same reason, explaining is losing for politicians. But explaining is the media's job, and especially when more than $24 billion and the future direction of transport is at stake. Now for the university-funded website The Conversation, senior lecturer in urban planning at the University of Auckland, Timothy Welsh, did have a go at explaining how recent big roading projects suggest $24 billion could be a significant underestimate. Wellington's transmission gully, he said, spans 27 kilometres and cost about $1.25 billion, so that's about $46 million per kilometre. The recently opened Aratuhono, dubbed the Holiday Highway from Puhoi to Walkworth, north of Auckland, cost just over $1 billion for 18.5 kilometres, and that's about $57 million per kilometre. The National Party Transport for the Future package said that all this could be funded, though, through reallocated money from the National Land Transport Fund, additional government investment and other innovative funding tools like value capture and equity finance opportunities for local and global investors. On Morning Report last Wednesday, RNZ's deputy political editor Craig McCulloch said that after the fiscal holes rows that blighted the last two election campaigns, there was a proposal to create a costings unit which could independently weigh up the big budget claims attached to big ticket political parties' policies. There's no chance of that happening this term with the election just months away. But both National and Labour now seem open to revisiting the plan next term. Yes, I think it's the right thing to do. I think it's a good idea, and I've, I've long thought it's a good idea. At last, some cross-party consensus, and some hope for the end of the frequent fiscal hole fever. Now, for all the bickering over the billions that roads might cost, there's Hayden Donnell now reports... The emissions and climate implications of the roading plans weren't exactly front and centre of the media coverage of them. Climate change is here, it is terrifying and it is just the beginning. The era of global warming has ended, the era, the era of global boiling has arrived. That's UN Secretary-General Antonio Guterres talking about climate change, which by the sounds of things has become quite an urgent problem. It's no surprise then that the subject was top of our reporters' minds as the National Party announced its policy on one of the country's biggest and fastest-growing sources of carbon emissions, transport.
Here are the questions on climate put to the party's top brass as they unveiled their $24 billion transport package in Hamilton on Monday. I'm just kidding, there were no questions about climate change at that stand-up and only one on the topic during a media conference with Prime Minister Chris Hipkins that afternoon. That's a surprise given National's policy is heavy on roads, lighter on public transport and virtually weightless on walking and cycling. Here's Chris Luxon and fellow National MP Chris Bishop discussing it in a video tweeted out by the official National Party Twitter account. I'll tell you a road I was on the other day. Um, I was on. I was up going from Auckland to Warkworth, and I went up Purpley to Warkworth. Gee, that's a great road. Yeah, I know. And that made a big difference. I haven't been on that one yet. I'm looking forward to it. It's a great road, that one. And then, um, either when you know the Waikato Expressway was another great road that we built in, in the last government. Did good quality roads make yeah. a huge difference. Good quality roads, eh? Roads definitely have some upsides. They also have the downside of contributing to the gradual erosion of Earth's habitability. Thankfully, news organisations did start to address that potential drawback as the week wore on. Here's Guy Espiner talking to National's Transport spokesperson Simeon Brown on RNZ's Morning Report. What role does climate change play in your thinking here? I mean, you've got, you're spending billions of dollars on these roads. I mean, does that look a little bit like fiddling while Rome burns? Not at all. I think that what we're doing here is we're saying we need to uh, focus on making sure we've got high-quality, safe, modern uh, roading connections around our country. What ultimately drives on those roads is going to change dramatically over the coming um, uh, decades. Uh, we're going to have hydrogen trucks, we're going to have electric cars in much greater numbers. Brown later got some backup from Dom Kalassi of Transport New Zealand, which lobbies on behalf of road haulage companies. What about the impact on climate change? Is that something that worries you? That has been uh, one of the criticisms of National's policy. Yeah, I'm not sure why it's a criticism, because better movement of freight, which is what these better roads will do, is good for climate. Question asked, question answered, or so it seemed. Other reporters cast a more sceptical eye on those claims. Over at Newsroom, senior political reporter Mark Dalder projected that the highway heavy transport package would generate an additional 327,000 tonnes of carbon emissions. That figure was based on projections outlining the induced demand from the new roads. In short, just as releasing a new iPhone leads people to buy new phones, building a shiny new highway gets people driving and pumping out more exhaust fumes. Over at Stuff, climate reporter Olivia Wannan cited the same effect in a piece casting doubt on the claims that the transport package would reduce congestion in the longer term. And on Radio Watia, Auckland University architecture and planning lecturer Tim Welsh put it like this. So within a few years, we usually see all that excess road capacity taken away, and we're right back where we started, and sometimes even worse with congestion. So the better route is to find ways for people to not have to drive uh, and make those trips more efficient so we're not putting as many cars on the road. Under the Emissions Reduction Plan, which is designed to meet the country's commitments in the Paris Agreement, New Zealand is targeting a 41% cut to transport emissions by 2035. On RNZ's Morning Report on Thursday, Welsh told Ingrid Hipkiss, spending most of the transport budget on roads wouldn't cut it when it comes to hitting that goal.
the aim might be a 41% reduction by 2035 from memory. Uh, is, how, how could we achieve that? Yeah, I mean, the only way to reduce emissions and reduce congestion is to offer alternatives. So we have to give people another way to get around cities that's not driving. We haven't heard uh, from, from Labour in terms of their transport policy yet, but are there any, has anyone got a plan on the table now that could achieve that 41% uh, reduction in emissions by 2035? Yeah, I mean, I don't see a policy that has a clear path yet. On his podcast, The Car Cup, Bernard Hickey was more blunt, saying National and likely Labour, if they ever announce a policy, are ignoring those climate obligations. In his eyes, that could put the country at risk of failing to meet its obligations under the Paris Agreement, something the Treasury says would cost us $20 billion. In this transport policy, there is no suggestion of extending government subsidies for electric cars and no credible pathway to reducing emissions in the way that we're required to under the Paris Agreement. Uh, the government, the Labour government, has accused the opposition not of getting its climate policy wrong, but of planning to spend too much money. Now there's an argument that at least part of this is moot. Transport is in the emissions trading scheme and its advocates point out that any extra carbon pumped out by the new highways should be offset by cuts in other sectors and what's known as the waterbed effect. Others argue real life doesn't always perfectly align with those sorts of models and the ETS may not fully compensate for structurally embedded emissions from stuff like roading. No matter what, it's an important discussion and arguably one that should be front and centre whenever our parties announce policies which impact on climate change, which is actually just about all of them. The coverage we got on the climate effects of National's transport plan was genuinely illuminating and, in the end, relatively extensive, but it was often shunted to the end of bulletins, the last question of interviews, or to analysis pieces in slightly more niche publications. Our major news organisations have all acknowledged that human-caused climate change is real. They've called it the biggest story in the world. It would be nice if that was reflected in their editorial practice when the rubber meets the road, or the four-lane highway from Whangarei to Tauranga.